Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Biden Laces podcast. My name is Blau Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. Um, we, we don't have Tom with us this week due to a scheduling conflict, but uh, we, as they say in show business, the show must go on. So how are you, Trenton? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Bilal. We are entering the last week of the regular season. Uh, the season has gone by incredibly quickly as it usually does but I even mean, on this week this season's one extra week i know right it's it's so weird but it's been a weird season and uh there have been a few weird things that we'll cover that happened in the, the last few weeks since we were off but uh other than that yeah, we yeah we've been we've been we st- it's been weird for us too right we started the season consistently weekly weekly shows back in studios then when we came back for winter break it's been a little hard to navigate schedules and timings but like it's good to have one last show to close off the season take us right in the playoffs so we can hopefully get ourselves back on track with our weekly shows and uh, the NFL can come to a smooth end of the mm-hmm. season um all right, Trenton, let's get, on, let's get on with it. Um, so over the past couple of weeks, the NFL has had to deal with some heartbreaking news with the passing of some major members of our community, with the passing of Hall of Fame coach and broadcaster John Madden, um, former coach and player Dan Reeves, and for us in the Chicago area, the passing of ESPN journalist Jeff Dickerson so it's like let's just talk about what these people have meant to the NFL and any personal stories you can bring up from like of course we never met them personally but like hearing about these people in the NFL we have been able to their, their work has touched us in more ways than we can imagine so yeah, um, I mean, John Madden is possibly one of the biggest figures in the NFL. I mean, bigger than really any other coach or any commissioner in the league. I mean, John Madden, when you when you think of the NFL, John Madden comes to mind both as a coach, as a broadcaster, all of his mannerisms, all of his, you know, boom, kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> figures of speeches during the game. But, I mean, not just that, but he's he's a big part of Madden the video game, which is something that many football fans have grown up on. And, I mean, early in Madden the game, you would be able to hear his commentary in the game, which was, you know, just such a, such a cool part in – for a lot of people, and I know for me, he was basically the person that taught me football. You know, he's the one he'd, he'd tell you, um, what was it? Even even if they're expecting you to run the ball, you should still run the ball on first down or something like that, you know? And then, I mean, you just sort of take that and grow up with it. Um, and so, you know, that's that's what Madden was for for me and for many others. Yeah, for me, um, 
I mean, obviously, you, you knew the name John Madden, right? He was, like you said, this larger-than-life figure, um, such an accomplished head coach, such an accomplished broadcaster, the only broadcaster to ever broadcast for all four networks. I mean, without him, uh, uh, so the documentary on him that came out recently, All Madden, came out Christmas Day. It only came out like a few couple, a few days before he died, and just watching that recently, it you can't put into words what he meant to the game of football, what he meant to everyone who was around him. Like the man uh, after his coaching career, he was afraid of flying, claustrophobic, so he had his whole Madden Cruiser bus that he would drive from coast to coast wherever he had to go. And they're showing in the documentary, like anywhere he goes, he go into some diner and stuff, and people just come up to him and they want his picture, they want to talk football with him, they want to. And he's the guy who had an. Um, he's the guy you wish you knew, who you wish you could sit down and talk football with, who's obviously much smarter than you, but probably wouldn't wouldn't no, who would not, um, who would want to be your friend and talk the game with you. Like you said, I grew up playing the game Madden. I had a, we'd recently bought a, a PS3, I think, I think it was. And I bought an older version of Madden. I think it was like the Madden 09. So Brett, Brett Farr was on the cover of that in his Packers uniform. So he's telling you how old that game is. And obviously I know, I know football, right? Um, at a young age, I knew too. I watched it every Sunday, but it's like I didn't really know football per se. Like, you open up the Madden, you have the whole playbook at your disposal. I was introduced to different formations. I was like, shotgun, play action, uh, screen passes, the different types of running formations you can have. I learned all those types of nuances from looking at the playbook in Madden. And now it's like you look at the now you're watching a real game on TV like oh these are lined up and um, you're lined up in, uh, in in the shotgun formation or you're lined up under center and you see the position alignment oh or they're like you can probably guess what type of play is going to happen based off of the position the formation that has been designed and I learned all that watching Madden I remember. I'm going to, that's all I'm going to say. One more thing I'm going to say on Madden here is that I play Madden with my dad, right? And he has certain formations he likes to choose. And I can see, oh, he has like a heavy set on the on the right side. He's 10, he's going to run the ball probably that way. Now means I have to change my defense. You're thinking like a coach and that allows you to better understand the actual game. So this lending his name and his image to a game like that um, for people like you and I who learned of him playing the game it made, made a big, big impact and probably that he um, more than he could ever imagine like that so I know I went on a little rant there but uh, it was it was sad to hear that and um, I guess moving on to Dan Reeves who was one of the the greatest coaches all time 
I mean, he appeared in nine Super Bowls as a player, as an assistant coach, and mm-hmm. as a head coach. And I mean, nine Super Bowls is a ton. I mean, he's <laughs> his Super Bowl appearances just as a person has only been topped by Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, which is 39 years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he, he's been a part of the Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. And I mean, he was, he was never able to win the Super Bowl with the Broncos. I remember in those early years with Elway and then he happened to lose a Super Bowl against Elway as part of the, the Falcons. But I mean, just another legendary coach on par with the many other legendary coaches in the NFL that we've lost recently. Yeah. He, um, he's the guy who drafted Michael Vick jumpstarted that career. Mm. And like you said, he's had an impact everywhere he's gone as a player, as a coach. And it's, uh, it's a tough moment for everyone who's ever played for him, anyone who's ever supported him, watched him coach play. So, Right. I mean, somebody like that um, who spent 39 years in the NFL, you touch a lot of people around the league. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he'll be sorely missed. But um, Jeff Dickerson, somebody that's closer – Closer home here in Chicago. Someone whose been... articles you probably would have probably have read online. Mm-hmm. Someone whose reporting you probably seen on TV. Um, right. This one was hard, man. I didn't even know what was going on most uh, mainly with him until like you hear one, you read one tweet where. Uh, a local Bears beat reporter is, or local reporter is asking people to keep him in, keep Dickerson um, in your prayers and things, and uh, hopefully he gets better. And you think, hey, what happened? I didn't, I didn't know what was going on until you find out that he had passed away, and he was only forty-three, and died from. Uh, complications from colon cancer. I mean, what's even worse is that his wife two years ago passed away from uh, passed away. So now they have an 11-year-old son Parker who has now lost both his parents in the past two years. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea what's going through that 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 kid's that kid's mind. I mean, I couldn't even imagine right now. But a, a silver lining in this situation is that the NFL and looks out for one of its own, right? Because the GoFundMe page was set up to help support Parker, and so many people have put in support and donated money to this GoFundMe. The Bears donated, I believe it was $25,000. Jeffrey Lurie of the Eagles donated a significant amount of money. 
all previous Bears head coaches donated money. Um, uh, I mean, all previous four head coaches, not every head coach, but uh, whatever. That doesn't. That's not. That's an irre- irrelevant. Um, Matt Nagy gave a, a story about how Dickerson predicted that they would draft Tevin Jenkins, and obviously he didn't tell them, or maybe they didn't know at the time. I'm not sure. But they did end up drafting Tevin Jenkins. So Nagy also was talking about how that's a moment that he chooses to remember him by. People would talk about how Dickerson would be like the smile of the press booth, like the, just a ray of light in the press booth, would always be at every game early. We would be watching his son's live stream before the Bears game as like the appetizer to the, to the Bears game. Always there to support his family. And yeah, I mean, that, uh, yeah, that just hits closer to home. It's like, uh, it's, it's a good, a good guy. Gone too soon. Yeah. Tough, tough losses. All right. Well, we will, uh, we'll move on then to, Hopefully some some uh, lighter topics, although we still have a little bit more to get through. Antonio Brown, a name that what did he do? What did he do? <laughs> what did he do this time? Oh yeah, well, my dad. what did he do this time? It's not like I can never stop doing anything. Well, he uh, he kind of upstaged Vontae Davis who a few years ago famously quit at halftime. Uh, Antonio Brown had a very, very public meltdown in which he basically threw all of his equipment onto the bench, uh, walked around the outside of the field, threw his gloves and other equipment into the stands, uh, tore off his shirt, and then he ran shirtless through the end zone to the tunnel while waving goodbye to fans. As the game was still going on. Um, as the game was still going on, yes. And, and his team was losing. And security security actually um, mistook him for a naked streaker that was running through the field. Oh, God. Um, and then I believe there's also a report after that that he tried to hitch a ride with state troopers to the airport, which they declined. <laughs> so... Yeah, Antonio Brown, after, uh, after the game, Bruce Arian said that he is no longer on the Bucks, and that is true. He was released by... Four days later. Right. He was released by the Buccaneers, and he cleared waivers on Friday. Um And Antonio Brown, he's he's back to his usual shenanigans. There's a report that prior to the Jets game, he snuck a date into the team hotel, which is obviously a, a big no-no given the COVID protocols. Um, and I believe that his date had also said she tested positive afterwards. I'm not sure. But anyways, 
Um, in other news, How many chance this guy gotten? Well, he's looking for another chance because he says he still wants to play in the NFL after he also publicly dissed Tom Brady by saying that Tom Brady's him, the guy who let him into his home, mm-hmm. the guy who recruited him to come to Tampa. I mean, he basically told he basically said Tom Brady's not special, and then he said he himself, Antonio Brown, is special. It's like, hmm, that's a, it's a very interesting take. Yeah, he was also on a podcast earlier, or like, a, and he's saying, who, who's better than me over there, referring to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, do you want me to list who's better than you on the Bucks? Everyone is better than you on the Bucks. Tom I mean, Brady's better than you. Leonard Fournette is better than you. Mike Evans is better than you. Chris Godwin is better than you. The fourth string rookie is better than you. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone. Because they know his complaint was that he's being forced to play. But on an ankle injury, which is, I mean, which is fair. But you can't melt down in the middle of a game. No, you can't. But also, where was your outrage for the game? You were out playing the game. It's not like he wasn't playing at all. He was like, where did this outrage, why did he get dressed? Why did he not complain before the game that he can't play? It's too painful. Why did he have to? And then the way he left the field. Very publicly. Remember there was a time Des Bryant left the field with like a minute left in the game or something like Detroit or like in Dallas. It was against the Lions or something a few years ago. He just left. That was a distraction, but it wasn't this level of distraction. This is an Antonio Brown. Okay. Antonio Brown quit on his team with the Steelers. He quit on his team with the Raiders. He had uh, issues there. He got a third chance in New England. Couldn't last there for more than a week because of off-the-field issues. Then he comes to Tampa. Fourth chance. Right? Fourth chance. It looks like Tom Brady lets him into his home. Lets him get settled in. Plays decently well. For wins the Super Bowl. Comes back. And this year, it's like we were just waiting and waiting. Because we knew it wouldn't last. There's no way it was going to last. And you're waiting. And the vaccine card hits. Fake vaccine card. It's like, oh, there he is. He's back. And now this happens? No. I. Mm. He's done. No one's going to take on that much baggage. Four teams have tried. And there's been one like. And it's not to say he's not a good player. He's probably a Hall of Fame talent player. But he's not a good person. In my view. 
he can might he might get in the Hall of Fame fifty years down the road now instead of like five years after he retires. Probably ten years. Like they might have to retire and put him in the Hall of Fame when they no one's around to remember what he's done. Except the video will still be there. That's true. But uh nah. What do you think? Does he make it again anywhere? No. I I can't see a, a team taking another chance on him unless he he clearly decides to go and, and get help for his behavior. Because I mean if he's not going to put in that effort to be a good teammate and to help his team, then nobody's going to want him. You see that he posted his bank account information online? Yep. That's a sign of a responsible person right there. Account number and routing number. Mm-hmm. Honestly, man. So, so strange. All, all the news about him is always so strange. Antonio Brown and good news just don't go together. Unfortunately. Well, you know what else doesn't go well together with good news? What? The Washington football team. Oh, I'm sorry. Is is that uh is that a jab that their stadium just can't keep it together? Because their stadium cannot keep it together. Their stadium uh kind of fell apart. Um, and when I say fell apart. It kind of went all Terminator on us and became self-aware and tried to physically attack division rival Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts as he was heading to the tunnel after the game, which is uh, not something that I expected to say ever on this podcast, that a stadium would physically try to attack a person. But that's exactly what happened when there were fans that were trying to reach out Jalen Hurts um, and the stadium just gave way and luckily it was not higher up in the stands that these fans dropped off from it was i mean maybe a a few feet maybe a little more that they fell and and the railing gave out Um, i think they were like in the first row something like that yeah but like and luckily jalen hurts was able to get out of the way and no one was directly under it hurt jalen hurts didn't get hurt yes that is very, <laughs> very important, especially with uh, the Eagles in the hunt for for a playoff spot, I believe. Aren't they in it? I thought they were. Thought they are, they, are they in it? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, anyways, I'll look it up. It would be a, it would have been a big blow if the Washington football team were <laughs> able to injure Jalen Hurts in that way and basically crush the Eagles. Um, but yeah, Jalen Hurts yeah, wrote Eagles a letter. In. Oh, as of okay. right now, they're the seventh. As of right now, they're the seventh. But they're they are they have clinched a playoff spot. All right. Well, it's it's a good news. It's good news then that Jalen Hurts was not injured from that. But he did write in a uh, a note to the NFL and to the Washington Football Team that said, "Hey, I demand answers for this." And it was a it was a very firmly written letter i would say i don't have the exact wording in front of me but um basically he wanted the nfl and washington football team to take accountability 
for the safety of the fans and the players. Cause I mean, it was in an article afterwards that the fans that had fallen were interviewed and basically said the Washington football team's medical staff and security offered them no help and no medical assistance. Didn't ask them if they were all right. They just said, you know, get off of our field, which is not something ideally that you want to be public about your team when your stadium basically collapses. Um, and then there was a, an image afterwards in which it was shown that the railing was put together or put back together afterwards with zip ties of all things. And I mean, I, I get that there's, I don't think there's going to be another home game for the Washington football team at that stadium. And I don't think they have another event until sometime in the summer, which is going to be a concert or something. But I mean, I really hope that they fix it down the line with more than just zip ties and that the zip ties are just a temporary measure. Cause I mean, I mean remember when there was a pipe leakage early in the season. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody, they thought it was sewage that was pouring down on them. Oh man. That stadium is falling apart and nothing yeah. is going to change with that team. Nothing is going to change with that stadium unless the ownership changes. They're just a culture building within that team that not on the player side, not on the actual team. Like the team is good. Ron Rivera is a good coach. The culture on the organizational, the executive level that um, is not good for the image of the league or just anyone, to, not a good workplace to be in from what people, what we've been reading. And it's like, Oh, God. I mean, how does your stadium fall apart after the game? Like, how does it – it's not the first time, too. And the fact yeah. that they didn't care enough to help people, it's like, well, you fell down. Get back up. Whatever. The stories of the Washington football team. Yes, indeed. Are, All right. It's not worth understanding. <laughs> you know what else is not really worth understanding? What is that? The mind of Aaron Rodgers. The mind of Aaron Rodgers. What's he done this time? I like how there's a theme today. <laughs> Just... Antonio Brown. What has he done this time? Oh, they've done <laughs> Washington football team. What have they done this time? Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. What have they what has he done this time? Just a series of inexplicable events. <laughs> Apparently, according to former quarterback Boomer and he shared on his radio show a text from someone close in Rogers, like immediate or, I don't know, immediate, but close to Rogers' circle, saying that if the Packers, now this is an if, if the Packers were to make the Super Bowl, Rodgers will threaten to boycott if the NFL does not eliminate some of the COVID protocols. Specifically, he is not a fan of the rule that compels testing of asymptomatic players. 
Huh. Currently oh. all, and here's the general rule, currently all unvaccinated players are tested daily regardless of symptoms. Uh, and because of Rogers, he tested positive earlier. He has a testing holiday of 90 days after his positive diagnosis, which happened back in November. So his testing window opens two days after the NFC Championship game if the Packers are in the playoffs, which means, obviously, if it means if it's after the championship game, that means the Packers have won and they're moving on to the Super Bowl. But, like, honestly, why? It's just a rumor going on right now, but it's like, why does this man have to make things so complicated in general for people? I mean, it's, um, what's interesting to me is that Rogers put this out there or not put this out there personally but i mean rogers is sort of acting like if he boycotts the super bowl or even boycotts you know the next season that there's going to be anything big coming out of that but i mean i get he's a big player star player you know big name in the nfl but is the NFL going to do anything about it if he no. decides to, you know, protest in this way and to not, you know, I mean, if he yeah, decides just the, of, just the amount of backlash that would happen if the NFL changed their testing policies just because the Rodgers says, oh, I'm not playing. It's like, right. The NFL is so concerned about their image. Always has been. And they can't, they can't back down. I mean, I guess I could put it in a, kind of controversial way and say if the NFL decides to you know stand down to Rodgers in him saying that he's going to boycott the season at the same time when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling they didn't stand down to him they just kicked him out of the league you know I mean it's it's rough and it's just I I can't see the NFL doing anything about Rodgers and if he decides not to play NFL is just going to move on without him. I would be perfectly happy. As a Bears fan, yes, I understand. Oh, of, course. <laughs> of course, let him get to the Super Bowl and then not play it. Oh man, that would be that would be the biggest scandal ever if he were to do that. It would be the biggest scandal ever, and Jordan would... Love has to start the Super Bowl <laughs> uh... out of no out of nowhere. Hey, buddy, you're going to be playing the Super Bowl. I decided to take a vacation day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well. Whatever, just a rumor right now. But, like, if it does, let's just hope it never gets to that. Let's just hope the Packers just don't make it in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Come on, Tampa. True. Tampa. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got some news down in Jacksonville, Trenton, involving a circus. Oh, yes. Welcome to the circus. Um, although technically isn't, well, I was going to say isn't welcome to the jungle uh, for the Jaguars. But I think 
that's not Jaguars. That's Bengals, isn't it? Bengals is jungle. I, I forgot. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you were to go to Jacksonville for their final home game of the season, you would see NFL players and you would see clowns, which is not me poking fun at how clownish of an organization Jacksonville currently is, but you would see actual clowns in the stands because many Jacksonville fans are planning to dress up as clowns to protest Jaguars retaining GM Trent Bulky, who is... Uh, People yeah. are spending money to go to a game just so they can dress up as a clown. <laughs> I mean, uh, I get the move, but it's a part of a clownish move on their part, then, right? Show up to a game. Anyone in the right mind to show up to a Jaguars game. But then again, people still show up to their team. Yeah. No matter what stage they're at. So, I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the NFL. It's, uh, It's wild. I mean, Bears fans dress up as bears packers fans dress up as cheese um raiders fans jaguars are fans always crazy as, yeah, jaguars fans dress up as clowns exactly yeah so i mean it's just uh <laughs> it's just fans that are you know getting a just just think of it as jaguars fans um you know suggesting a new logo or a new name change the jacksonville oh, clowns a new mascot exactly that's right and um yeah you know it's <laughs> something a little funny and I'm, I'm definitely gonna try and tune into the jacksonville game and try and catch some of these these clowns because uh it might be the only time i see them at a game <laughs> have fun with that Trenton. i don't think it's in our market so <laughs> you'll have to find uh to find some other way to get to it oh man i don't think jacksonville their games don't get broadcasted nationally, so. Um, speaking of uh, GM moves, there's a, there's a rumor taking place in New York. Yes, New York, a city that has not been quite right for a while. Um, and the city that actually doesn't have a football team. That is true, because... Uh, None of, none of the teams are actually uh, in New York, right? No, they practice, play, work in New Jersey. Right. Um, Giants, Jets, and Bills. And I believe uh, recently a, f- a fan filed a lawsuit that yeah. none of those it's three like teams. Six billion dollar lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I don't think it's uh, the Bills though, because they. They, they're in the city that they claim to be in. Like they're in Buffalo, but the Jets and the Giants are not in, not in New York. They're in New Jersey. But, uh, yes, as you were saying, the GM news. Yeah, uh, Dave Gettleman has been rumored throughout the year to possibly retire at the end of the season, and chances are he will be retiring as GM at the end of the season because I mean, the giants have never held a record over 500 during his tenure as GM, which is not good. 19 and 45. He's made a ton of bad moves. I mean, he was hired in 
2017. What are you talking about, Trenton? The Giants that started Mike Lennon? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough league, and he's certainly made things tougher, not only for himself, but for the next GM to take over in his place after making many questionable decisions with draft picks and basically blowing out the salary cap of the Giants. So it's uh, not a not a very good place that a new potential GM would want to be in. But that's not our problem. <laughs> that's for us to look at and say, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> we have many problems of our own on our own team to worry about. <laughs> that's also true. Oh, boy. Oh, Trenton, we're going back to the Washington football team. Oh, no. What'd they do already? Oh, they're just about to announce a new logo, uniform, and team name. Oh, are they going to be the Washington Washington Fix Their Stadium? (laughs) Not a bad name. (laughs) Just put on the broken stadium, the stadium will be fixed like that. It just Just, adds uh, the... It adds an S at the end of their current name. Washington football team. Washington <laughs> fixed their stadium. <laughs> All they need is an S. They can keep their they can keep their uh their cost low. You know, they don't need to make new jerseys, just sew on an extra S at the end of it. It's all good. There you go. Um they'll be announcing this on February second of this year. Also known uh, as two two twenty two. Also known as <laughs> you like doing the the Luna phone number now. It's like <laughs> my car, my carpentry. <laughs> this is also known as a Wednesday. <laughs> oh man, if the if this doesn't sum up the Washington football team, I don't know what does. Announcing your whole new setup, trying to make it nice by choosing a date with all twos in it. And it happens to be a Wednesday. Yeah, it's uh, it's an odd move by them. I don't know. Are they, are they trying to steal the thunder from teams that are in the playoffs or the Super Bowl? Or I don't know. It's an odd day. The possible options that have been leaked out as of now are the Commanders, the Admirals. And that's really it right now. I mean, there are other options out there, but like the Washington Commanders it's, or the Washington Admirals. Uh, they're interesting strikes, name choices for sure. Strikes fear right in the heart of the Giants. Then again, <laughs> everything does. Everything strikes fear in the heart of the Giants. Uh, um, Jerry, yeah. Jones is, Jerry Jones will be glued to the TV. Like, what are the Jews? What are the Jews? I need to know who my what my division is going to look like. We're going to uh, go from Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Admirals. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think. Um, I think part of the hype is that they're they're adding the color black to their jersey, which would be a little interesting. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll just uh, we'll have to see. I know next season, isn't it that they're adding, they're allowing like two different 
helmet colors or something. I mean, that's something like that. I believe yeah. there was something or something in the news about that, but I'm not hundred percent sure. We'll have to see when the new like uniforms come out in the mm-hmm. off season. Um, I always look forward to new uniforms. New uniforms are generally mm-hmm. cool. I think. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. All um, right. Well, moving on. Carolina Panthers appear willing to listen to offers for Christian McCaffrey, which is a far cry from before when Christian McCaffrey was looking like the best running back in the league and somebody that they paid a lot of money to retain. But I mean, it, I guess it just demonstrates the, the value of a running back in the current NFL and just how quickly a player can fall from stardom. I mean, out of no fault of, McCaffrey's of his own I mean he's still a dynamic weapon it's just injuries have kind of derailed the last few seasons and I mean the Panthers right now are kind of in a state of rebuild Sam Darnold is not exactly looking like the guy they brought back Cam Newton and he looked like the guy for approximately one game and um you know it's just it's not looking looking too good for them I see I uh, made you crack up a little there. <laughs> oh, of course, because, I mean, there was so much hype when mm-hmm. Newton came back. And then he played a while, and he's, like, yelling. Yeah, they he's the said... Card- they beat the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, he was yelling. He was yep. yelling, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, you were back. Yeah. But were you good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Well. And, like... And then they had a promising start. Like you thought Sam Darnold was the guy. For oh, yeah, for sure. He looked like it. And then he became Sam Darnold again. Came right back to earth. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's always a tough league and always tough to see. I mean, let's just say he's been better than he was with the Jets under Adam Gase, which is, you I think. Put... <laughs> That's a little <laughs> That's a low bar. <laughs> that's that's also true. Yes, you can't exactly compare it to that. All right, closing up here. Jamar Chase broke the rookie receiving yards record previously held by Justin Jefferson as of last year. Yeah, and I mean, uh, he really come on. Turns out he can catch the ball. Crazy, oh, yeah. crazy for a wide receiver, isn't it? Take that, all of you, you armchair GMs in the preseason saying, he can't even catch the ball. Why'd you draft him so high? <laughs> yep. Good thing that yep. he and uh, Joe Burrow have already had that connection in college together. Right. We shall see how this goes, and it looks like he can or will become one of the top receivers in this game for the next mm-hmm. foreseeable future. Yeah. Although, right. hopefully they do draft an offensive lineman next. <laughs> oh, that would, that would be nice. I mean, let Burrow have the time to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Injury update, Trenton. Injury update. Well, J.J. Watt is about to be back, coming back from IR with a shoulder injury, and that's going to be big for the Cardinals because they are uh, they're not where they started the season at when they – broke through and everybody was like, Oh, these are the, this is the top team in the NFC. Well, 
you know, it's, they've had a lot of tough losses recently and they yeah. desperately need the help that JJ Watt can give them. I mean, when you lose to Detroit, that kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of hurts. That's uh, certainly an understatement. Um, other news, Kyle Pitts, hamstring limited uh, in practice for the Atlanta Falcons for a game that, I mean, they kind of don't need against the Saints. I mean, it's not like the Falcons or the Saints are really playing for all that much, are they? I don't think they're, uh, I don't think either are playing for the playoff picture. No. Mm. Well, uh, other than that, Akeem Hicks ankle rode out against the Vikings, which is rough. We don't get to see Akeem Hicks play uh big big 96 yeah you um, know i hope i hope we bring him back for a year contract two-year contract the guy's meant so much to the team he's played well when he's been on the field i know injuries have bugged him for a while but he's he's the heart and soul of that team big 96 yeah um Cowboys have rolled Trayvon Diggs, K-Ron, J-Ron Curse, and uh, Tony Pollard out against the Eagles, which is a little rough for them given, um, I believe all three are top players. I mean, Tony Pollard is a, a good number two option to Ezekiel Elliott, J-Ron Curse, I believe safety, but they also transfer him to linebacker sometimes, and Trayvon Diggs, who gives up a ton of yards, but I believe currently leads the league in interceptions. Jared Goff questionable against Green Bay, although, I mean, not that Detroit can play spoiler, but I'm sure they'd love to beat <laughs> Green Bay. <laughs> um, Raiders have Darren Waller, Casey Hayward, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Hankins on questionable, which is going to be rough considering that's potentially going to be a win and in situation against the chargers and uh i believe 49ers jimmy garoppolo is questionable so i mean we don't know if it's going to be jimmy g or if it's going to be trey lance that's starting for them i mean i well who would you want would you rather jimmy g or trey lance Are they in any? I can't. I can't understand the the four niner situation right now. Are they in the playoff situation? Um, like could they get in? I don't. Forty niners are currently in the hunt. Yeah, but what does that mean? Uh, it means not quite. <laughs> they are not, not quite in it. Um, let's see if I can pull up a uh a playoff. Yeah. Scenario here's a, here. Yeah, I just found a. Uh, let me share this with you for a moment here. There is a playoff clinching scenario. The 49ers clinch a playoff berth with a San Francisco win or tie or a New England or no, New Orleans loss or tie. So, I mean, 49ers, if they win, then they're it. If they win, really? I mean, Wow. I mean, it's against the Rams. Win or tie. 
Or it's New good. Orleans loss or tie. What is okay? Let's talk about this for a moment. Saints. What what is the likely scenario in your situation? The Saints losing to Atlanta, Ooh. or the Niners winning at Los Angeles? Well, I think the Rams. The Saints, are... need, the Saints need the Niners to lose, and they have to win. The Niners right. just have to win. Mm-hmm. Well, I did not realize this was a winner in scenario. This is going to be good. Yeah, I mean, the Rams are going to be tough. That's for sure for the 49ers. But the Rams are already in. Mm-hmm. So what do they care? True. Um, but for the Saints and for the Falcons, I mean, the Falcons are not a terrible team. They're 7-9. and nine. They're not terrible True. as in bottom of the barrel. Matt Ryan is always going to put up a fight. If they have Kyle Pitts, he's going to be their main receiving option. And they have Cordero Patterson, who's been mm-hmm. basically their go-to weapon throughout the entire year. So, I mean, the Falcons are not bad, bad. So Falcons are going to put up a fight. It's going to be tough, I think. But um, I would say it's more likely for the 49ers to make it in than for the saints too, just because the saints need more to happen. Yeah. Uh, going to your, your uh, original question, who do I want? Uh, I want Garoppolo. I think I can trust him more than I can trust Trey Lance right now. I don't need Trey Lance to be, um, he's a rookie. He's still, he's still unexperienced, inexperienced. Garoppolo's been there. Garoppolo's been to a Super Bowl. Garoppolo, in my opinion, is a better player, even with a injured thumb. I think I would rather have Garoppolo. Now, if Garoppolo starts to do bad or he can't play well because of his injury, then yeah, of course, you have to switch to Lance. But going into the game, I want uh, I want Garoppolo leading the, the Niners end. I don't know. I think it's an option. I think it's a potential way for the Niners to actually come away with a win. Now, do the Niners going into the playoffs and, I don't know, perhaps feeling that they're a weaker team or at least a more vulnerable team than others, do they go in possibly with a one-two punch at quarterback? with um, Garoppolo and Lance, kind of like a college system. They tried that earlier in the year, and that didn't work too well. If I remember the first couple of games, they tried that. You have to stick to one guy. You can't, you can't be going alternating back and forth between two people. Just doesn't, it just doesn't work like that in the NFL. Yeah. So, Got to de- develop some rhythm, I feel you. Yeah, you can't, you can't take the ball... 90 yards down the field in the last 10 yards. Oh, we got to put another guy in. Yeah, but what about the guy who just got us down here? Now, if you want to put him in for a trick play every once in a while, then yeah, I can see that happening. But no, we can't keep switching. But this would be interesting. I did not realize how close this playoff scenario was for the Niners. And the fact that New Orleans has a chance. And both these games are happening at the exact same time. So we will see what happens basically by 6 o'clock on Sunday. Who's in?
Right. And I mean, adding to it also, the Cardinals are trying to clinch the NFC West title and they clinch it if they win and the Rams lose. The Rams clinch it if the Rams win or the Cardinals lose. So, I mean, that's that's a battle for the division right there. Although, um, I don't think either in the running for a bye week, are they? I think no, that's, I think uh, the bye week. The bye week is between the Titans, the Chiefs, and like I, I believe those are the two teams going for a bye week right now. That's AFC. Oh my bad. <laughs> yeah, bye week is bye week's been clinched by the Packers. Okay, got it. NFC. All right. But, well, hey, by the by the time these games are done, we'll have the playoff picture because mm-hmm. the Cowboys and Eagles. No, my bad. The Raiders. And Chargers are the teams that are playing Sunday nights. We will not have a finalized playoff picture. For some reason, I thought the Cowboys-Eagles game was Sunday night. But uh, that would be too easy. It can never be too easy, below. Oh, of course. All right. All right. We're going to go through the last power rankings. The last power rankings. Yes. Why don't we go into it? All right, let's change it up here. Let's get your prediction here on if any new team has made the top 10. If any new team has made the top 10. Hmm. I'm looking at the list right now. I'm assuming you haven't looked at it yet. And if you are, then this is... I would assume the Packers are somewhere up there. The, The Chiefs are up there. The Bengals... Well, I don't remember where the Bengals were at before, but I would think they're... Up there, top 10. Uh, Titans. Let's change this. Give me your top 10. (laughs) Oh, man. That's uh, a little interesting. All right. Top 10. We did not plan this, too. This is like on the spot right now. On the spot, right. Can I I even think of uh, all the teams? (laughs) Top 10. Okay. Let's see. You can't think of them. They probably don't deserve to be in your top 10. That's true. Uh. So at number one, Lions. At number two, Jaguars. <laughs> no. Are you going right. in reverse order? <laughs> Could be. Um, no, I'd say number one. Ooh, it's going to be tough. Probably the Packers. I mean, just as a complete team right now, as much as I do not like them, I think they'd be number one. Maybe Buccaneers number two. Um. Rams number three, uh, Cardinals number four. Mm. Patriots number five. Titans number six. Cowboys number seven. Bengals number eight. Um, Bills number nine, Chargers number ten. I, I started to realize as I was getting to the the bottom the bottom half of the ten, I was like, these are kind of uh, seeming a little out of order. But I mean, it's off the top of my head, and it's, it's on a good spots. top ten. It's a good top ten. All right. Um, the NFL.com power rankings have the Packers at one, the Rams two, Tampa three. Chiefs four, Bengals five, Bills six, 
Titans 7, Patriots 8, Cardinals 9, Cowboys 10. So your ranking and their ranking were relative, had the same teams, basically. Just uh, no Chargers. No Chargers. Chargers are 13. Hmm. But, All right. Um, no, it's good. I mean, again, it's basically what you would expect. The one surprise out of all of these teams throughout the whole power ranking thing has been the Bengals. I didn't think, like, when you look at the beginning of the season, you don't think the Bengals are making a jump to the top 10. Oh, yeah. I mean, they but, looked like a team that was battered. We didn't know what Joe Burrow was going to look like. Um as we mentioned previously in the show, Jamar Chase was was could not catch a thing in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, I mean, it's been good. They really had a, a big turnaround. So, I mean, it's it's good for them for a team that has not been good for quite a bit. And even when they were were good, it was mediocre with Andy Dalton. Yeah, compared to all the other teams that were um, in the playoffs that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are the Saints Bears? Six... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh. Cut you off there. No, I was going to say I saw the Saints jumped up five spots to number 16. Mm. So that's, that's a nice jump. And the Dolphins dropped five spots to number 17. Um, the Bears, my good friend, are at number 23, having moved up just one spot. Mm. Hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Devin Hester's number. Convenient that Devin Hester has made it as a finalist in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that he makes it as a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I also understand it might be a little difficult given uh, his position is returner yeah okay his position's returner trenton but he's the best guy to ever do it like ever. right and will possibly be the best guy to ever do it going forward since they've changed the rules for for kickoffs and yeah but all right that is well, a discussion we will hold when we get closer to the Hall of Fame announcement. Yes. But right. um, How's at the, the bottom of the list, Trenton. Yeah. Is it the Jacksonville Clowns? I mean, Jacksonville Jaguars? How'd you know? Ah, it Number is. 32. All right. Number 32, Jacksonville Jaguars. 29 Lions, 30 Panthers, 31 Giants, 32 Clowns. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's good that the Lions are uh, have have made it out. I'm happy for Dan Campbell, honestly. I mean, the guy, the guy seems like he lives and breathes football, and people believe in him. And I mean, if you listen to his press conferences or his locker room speeches, I mean, you start to believe in him too. And if I he mean, can, he 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 came across as an interesting guy in his beginning, his opening press conference, and. Uh... And then again, the Lions started losing so many games. And you're like, what is this guy? But then you realize, then you dive deeper into that. And you're like, these were not terrible losses. Not all of them were terrible losses. Some of them were real close to. They were. I mean, the 61-yard field goal by the Ravens, like that's just 
pure luck right there. <laughs> no, that was the that was the that was the football gods just pissing off the Detroit Lions fans a little bit more and saying, Absolutely. "Ha, you thought." <laughs> You really hey, thought. Um, here's, a, here's a quote from a recent press conference. I think it was maybe within the past couple of days from Dan Campbell. He said, we're in the Arctic Ocean, but we're headed to the Caribbean. I mean, this guy and his words, man, he's a, he's got people on our journey. And it just depends on who wants to follow <laughs> him down there. Yeah. Because this thing could easily... Um, implode on itself and could go I think I mean if they start off losing games like they did this year again next year then this will be terrible but I think it's it's all right to give him the benefit of the doubt for another season obviously and see where he takes his team and it yeah, shows well, that Jared Goff can win a game without Sean McVay as his head coach. Yeah, it's true. All right. All right. Quarterback index, Trenton. Quarterback the, index. The quarterback I despise has been ranked number one. Ah. Uh, he who should not be named. I should not be named. He who does not want to play a Super Bowl. Uh, he who will get to the Super Bowl. And we'll win, and we'll play in it. Is ranked number two, also known as Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> number three, Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow up one spot. Wow. Number four down. Number four down one spot is Justin Herbert. Number five up one spot is Mahomes. Up one spot to six is Murray. Down two spots to seven is Josh Allen. Up two spots to eight is Derek Carr. Down one spot to number nine is Matt Stafford, and down one spot to number ten is Dak Prescott. Wow, that's uh, that's an interesting top ten there. I did not expect Derek Carr to be at number eight. That is for I sure. I didn't expect Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow to be that high up. Yes, that's that's also true. Um, and I never expected Matt Stafford to be that high. Yeah, well, it's it's good for Stafford. I mean, his his journey from the Lions is is finally looking up for him. It only took thirteen years. Oh man, thirteen years is longer than Barry Sanders' career and Calvin Johnson. Dang! All right. Well, Calvin's yeah. already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> That's true as well. Wow. Well, then and Calvin was playing before Stafford got here. So, I mean, got in the league. So, yeah. The timing uh, exactly doesn't line up. And then there's, uh, there's players like Tom Brady who started before Calvin and will end after Calvin. <laughs> started before we were born. That's also true. Wow. Interesting indeed. All right. Speaking of interesting, Trenton, we got a couple of interesting games to cover here. The Chiefs and the Bengals. What Chiefs an and the ending Bengals. To that game. Wow. It was the shootout that nobody expected. And what's was... a way to uh, 
not allow Patrick Mahomes to beat you at the last second, just don't give him the ball. Right? Yeah. And um, was it was it Patrick Mahomes' wife that was upset about the 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 penalties, the calls against them? Um, man, everyone's and, complaining about penalties and calls. Welcome to the club, man. Just right. Yeah. I mean, it was I mean, an interesting situation, right? The Bengals. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked. Basically, they couldn't get the ball in. They were like, what, at the one-yard line for like three plays in a row? They couldn't get it in, couldn't get it in. And it wasn't in like fourth and goal with a game like tied 31-31 where they attempted to go for it on fourth and goal. And that's where the penalty came in. And then they, was... they caused the automatic first down. And then that just uh, the Bengals just kneeled the ball. Or they just... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then they take the game winning field ball. Mm-hmm. It's uh I mean in terms of game management and clock management in that situation, it all just went well for them. I mean they were able to get the oh, penalty. Went, yeah. It went wonderful. I mean, they were able to get the Chiefs to burn their timeouts. And they were able to get the penalty to convert the first down. And all you have to do is kick a field goal to win the game, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And, I mean, how about in a game where you have the Chiefs and their, of course, crazy passing offense, Patrick Mahomes and his arm. I mean, Patrick Mahomes throws for 259 yards and two touchdowns. Um, But that's not the surprise of the game. The surprise of the game is Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns, sets the record for most receiving yards in a game by a rookie in NFL history. 266 yards. I mean, he put the team on his back. Him and Burrow just took the Bengals and led them to this crazy win. I mean, Joe Burrow, 446 yards and four touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, that's... As you said, as you said. He can catch now. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. Um, so, I mean, good for them. Good for them to to be able to pull off a, a win of this caliber. I'm sure it's fantastic for their momentum going into the postseason. And I mean, they they clinched the AFC North for the first time in a long time. And mm-hmm. for the fans there and for the players there, that's special for them. So this was a this was a really good game. Agreed. Sticking in the AFC North, Ben Roethlisberger's last home game as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Wow. It's now, I don't even a... want to talk about the game because the game itself wasn't wasn't exciting. It was a, it's a classic Steelers Browns game, right? But. I mean, yeah, this, the Browns couldn't defend, I mean, couldn't protect uh, Baker Mayfield to save his life. The mm-hmm. guy was, it was like, he was abused out there, man. He was like, every second you see like TJ Watt coming around, he's like, I'm back. Yeah. Me? Here, here he is again. Remember me? I mean, nine sacks against Cleveland by Pittsburgh's defense, which is 
crazy. That's crazy. You don't want to take nine sacks in a game. That that hurts. I don't want to take any sacks. <laughs> That's true. Not if if either of us, fifty pound people are coming on me. No, right? thank you. <laughs> That's true. I mean, um. And then you look at the Steelers' run game. I mean, Najee Harris, 188 yards rushing. Oh, he saved my sister's fantasy team. <laughs> like, she was in the championship game, and, like, going into the – before the game, it looked like she was going to lose. And then all of a sudden, she checks her fantasy after the game, and Najee has pulled out the win for her, basically. So – yeah. But the, the, the more moving part of it was the end of the game. Like, you saw what Ben Roethlisberger has meant to the Steelers. I mean, you look at quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Joe Montana, all these top quarterbacks who have done so well, but they've never, at one point or another, they left the team that they were with, right? Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger, has been on the Steelers his whole career. Stuck with him. He's been with one team in one city, this team that drafted him back in 2004. And you can just tell what he meant to that city, what he meant to that team, how emotional it was for everyone. He didn't want to leave the field. And he was taking a lap around the field. He was just soaking it in. I mean, I, I didn't want to turn the TV off. I'm like, I had to stay here. I'm like, I have to stay here. I have to watch this. This is a moment in history where the Hall of Fame quarterback is going to. He's playing his last home game. And they're not out of it yet either. But there's still the potential for them to make the playoffs. And in a scenario, depending on how unlikely it is, because, again, you still need the Jaguars to beat the Colts. But uh, it could happen, and we will see what happens. But just to see a guy like that, I have nothing but respect for the way the guy played the game. And, um, like, you would hear stories about this burger's nose is broken, his foot is hurt, something's wrong with him, but he's still out there playing. They didn't call him Big Ben for nothing. And uh, the the way he's led the team with a bunch of changes over the years. He's only played for two head coaches. You know, you think about it. Which is crazy in itself. Yeah. I mean, look at Cleveland. They had <laughs> like 20 head coaches. Uh, look at the Bears. I was thinking of that, but I didn't want to go that way. But thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I was that was the first thought that came in my mind, but I thought Cleveland would be a better example. Or the Jaguars. But um three Super Bowls, two championships. He's a he's a Hall of Fame player. You're right. All right. Uh, going to the Bears. On to the Bears. Yes. Well, it was, uh, it was a pretty good win for the Bears. 29 to a 3. Win is a win. Win is a win. Yes, indeed. 
Um, Even he was against the Mike Glennon-led Giants. Uh, the Giants that had negative six net passing yards. Yeah, those Giants. <laughs> oh, man, it's a, it's a rough game when your quarterback throws for 24 yards and gets sacked for more than those 24 yards and also throws two interceptions and also fumbles four times and loses two of them. Yeah, that's uh, you can't win. You can't win when that happens. That's for sure. That guy doesn't play for us anymore. Yep. Um, I mean, it was a it was a good game. Good game by Andy Dalton, I must say. Um, and I mean, we need more of that though. Like that's the type of thing that this team needs. Just to get a have a good defense, get turnovers, score quickly, get ahead in the game, and then just maintain that lead. Like we don't need to be playing comeback every every week. Let's just get ahead, build a lead, and keep it. Because when you have a lead, the defense is free to do more, take more risks, do what they need to do. Um speaking of dominant defense, Robert Quinn. Got the Bears single season sack record previously held by Richard Dent. Yeah. I mean, that I was mean, nice, right? At home, in front of the home crowd, getting that single season, especially for a guy who the year before only had two sacks and everyone was labeling as like a failed free agent selection. Mm-hmm. But uh, this year, he, uh, it was his redemption story. And I think he can continue that into a third year with the team. Even better. I'm going to get Khalil Mack back. And this is, again, without Khalil Mack the whole time. Which is crazy. And with injury, no, not the whole time, but most of the time, then injuries to Keem Hicks, injuries to other defensive players. When you get um, Khalil Mack back on one side, Robert Quinn back on the other side, and hopefully Keem Hicks back in the middle next year. Um it just opens up opportunities for everyone else. I mean, and then you have opportunities for Roquan Smith to come up in the middle as the linebacker. It's uh, it's prom- it's promising. Uh, we just have to. It's always been promising, right? We just have to take that next step, get back yeah. to the level that we're used to. And how about uh, Travis Gibson as well, who's been slowly making a name for himself as a rotational pass rusher for the Bears? Yes. yes. Two sacks in this game, which uh, brings him up to six and a half this season, which is pretty good for for a guy that's only a rotational pass rusher. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes coming in this team, though, but I think one uh, consistent thing will be the defense. And I can see um, – Sean Desai probably keeping his job if the new head coach, assuming every, all the rumors are true, that Matt Nagy will be gone next year. I assume that the new defensive coordinator will want to keep Sean Desai. I mean, unless the new, unless he brings in a new guy. Right. That is I mean, that's... exceptional. Unless he brings like Rick Fangio back or something. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the nature of the that's the nature of the NFL. But I think Sean Desai hey, that's is... What Nagy, that's what Nagy did, though, right? Nagy kept, kept Fangio. Fangio. Mm-hmm. 
That's and right. then Fangio left the next year. So it's like depending on I mean we're top we're basically a top ten defense. I think we are. So statistically and in my mind, um it, we just haven't had the great success that we've been accustomed to from a Chicago Bears defense defensive standpoint. So we right. shall see what the future holds. Still got one game to go, Trenton. One game yes. to go. Then we'll see. Although sadly Justin Fields will not be playing in it as he's uh entered the COVID protocol reserve list. This is, a, this is a good thing and a bad thing. You don't need him playing in a meaningless game, but at the same time, you need him playing as many games as possible. Because right. he just has to work on things. Yeah. But and you can't sim you can't simulate game practice or game speed in a practice. So mm-hmm. well, it is what it is, but it's uh season's coming to an end. And after this week, that means we have to kick some games. Indeed. And uh, we've, we've kind of met up a little bit now in terms of our our record of games this season. Bilal, you are, uh, you've basically made your comeback. Wow. Well, it took me 18 or 17 weeks. Yes. But you never gave up, and there's a lesson to be learned in that. <laughs> Don't worry, Trent. We still got one week to go, and we still have the whole playoffs to go. So we uh, we got time. That's true. All so right. first game up on the docket here: Chiefs and Broncos. You're gonna have to go with the Chiefs. Same here, Chiefs. Cowboys, Eagles. Ooh, I I feel like this is a little rough because the Eagles are on a little bit of a hot streak, but I'm gonna go Cowboys here. Yeah, Cowboys for me as well. Uh, Steelers or Ravens? Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Steelers. Uh, yeah, me too. I think the, I mean, the Steelers have more to play for, I think. so. Uh, Bengals and Browns? <laughs> Battle of the backup, the you mean? That has nothing. The, team, the games that mean nothing, but yes. Yes, uh, I'm going to go with Bengals simply because I think they have more depth in all the positions. I want Browns. All right. Yeah. Packers aligned? <laughs> well, as much as I would love for the Lions to win, I'm going to have to go Packers. Then I'm going with the Lions. Wow. All right. Because picking the upset. I mean, there's the room. I mean, there's this the report that Rodgers will start the game, but then they're gonna monitor how long he's gonna play. And I just think Jared Goff can light it up out there. He can and let it let him go for the last game of the year at home. Let him take it. They're gonna line up Jared Goff on defense, and he's going to physically steal Aaron Rodgers' kneecap to end the season. That's that's the end of the season right there. He goes, he he takes out Aaron Rodgers, just tackles him and says, ha, got your kneecap. And Aaron Rodgers hey. is like, why are you on defense? He never gets to boycott the Super Bowl, man. Oh, that's true. Um, Titans and Texans. Hmm. Texans have been the 
the upsets many times this season, but I'm going to have to go Titans. Yeah, it's not part of the, it's not a chapter in your book. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I'm taking the Titans. Uh, Colts at Jaguars, the game that a lot of playoff scenarios are relying on right now. That's true. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Colts. Yeah, Colts. Uh, Bears at Vikings. Bears. Bears. Washington at the Giants. <laughs> Washington. Yeah, it's not in the it's not in DC. So actually, it's not in Maryland. Sorry, they play in Maryland. Um. And so there'll be no stadium falling apart today, um, this week. So Seahawks at Cardinals. Uh Wow. Once upon a time, it would have been Seahawks, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals. You know, I'm going with that fairy tale. I'm taking Seahawks. All right. Uh, the Jets and the Bills. <laughs> Divisional game? I'm going to pick the upset and go with the Jets. The Jets cap off the season. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm going with the Bills. <laughs> did we pick the Saints and Falcons? I do not believe we did yet. Who are you taking? Hmm. This is going to be difficult. I'm actually going to go with the Falcons. Oh, I'm going with the Saints. All right. What are we at now? 49ers and Rams. Ooh, Rams. 49ers. All right. Patriots, Dolphins. Patriots. Patriots. Panthers and Bucks. Uh, hmm. Bucks. Is that really a hard decision? Well, I was thinking... Maybe the Panthers could pull off something. Maybe Sam Darnold would play well, but then I was like, probably not. <laughs> yeah, go back to that one sentence you just said. Maybe Sam Darnold can play well. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Chargers at Raiders. Chargers. Chargers it is. That's what I'm taking as well. Um, cool, we made it. We made it, yeah. It's uh, from here on out, it's gonna be less games each week, but hopefully more entertaining games each week. Quality games. Mm-hmm. We get uh, a lot of yeah. No more clowns coming up. No more clowns. <laughs> Except Aaron Rodgers, he's a clown. Yes, and uh, Rodgers well, is a clown. I was I was gonna say, except maybe Jedevian Clowney, but he's on the Browns and they're not in it, so <laughs> actually, no more clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the By the podcast. We will be back next week at the start of the playoffs. We hope you have a great rest of the week. Don't forget to follow us at Bill Mallon 15. Trenton underscore Cito. 
And even though Tom is not here this week, Thomas Gorski, 33. Please stay safe and enjoy the final week of football, and we look forward to seeing you in the playoffs. Looking forward to next season when the Washington Stadiums take on the Jacksonville Clowns.